0: What about world history? Can everything fit in only 6,000 years? Learn the big picture of Old Testament history and see how it sets the stage for the gospel, right now on Wonders Without Number. Welcome to Wonders Without Number. I'm David Reeves, and today we want to inform and inspire you regarding the wonders we find all around us. An infinite number of wonders that point us directly to our Creator, the God of the Bible. Now, you're no accident. I want you to know that you are special, that you were created in God's own image, that Jesus Christ was and is that Creator, and that He has a plan for your life. A lot of people find the Old Testament just a little bit intimidating. It covers a very long span of time compared to the New Testament and the history isn't always laid out in chronological order. But my guest today is going to help us simplify things. Jay Siegert has his bachelor's in physics from the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater. He's the director of the Starting Point Project and he's been speaking on apologetics for 30 years. Jay lives in Wisconsin and has a great passion for helping Christians strengthen their faith. So what I want you to do now is join with me as we welcome Jay Seagert. Welcome to the program. It's an honor to be on the show. It is great to have you here. Tell me just a little bit about the Starting Point Project.
1: Sure. Well, we help uh, Christians better understand and better defend the Christian worldview and offer a gracious challenge to the sincere skeptic as well, starting with our starting point, the belief that God exists in the Bible is his word, and then everything else is defined by that. And when you say the Bible, we're talking about Old and New Testament, from beginning to end,
0: isn't that right?
1: Right. I found that a lot of Christians know a fair amount about Jesus, his birth, his miracles, death, resurrection, and then they know, in addition to that, a couple of cool Old Testament stories: <laughs> yeah. Jonah and the Whale, Daniel and Lions Den. But mm-hmm. they have no idea how those things fit together. They don't know if. Moses and Abraham were next door neighbors. Right. Did they work at McDonald's together? <laughs> Just <laughs> stuff happens, mm-hmm. and then Jesus shows up and now we can kind of relate to that a little bit better. So I like to give people the big picture so they understand the Old Testament is one continuous story from mm-hmm. beginning all the way up to Christ. And it makes more sense, gives context to why Jesus came when he did to do what he did.
0: Okay, excellent, let's take a look.
1: And since we're talking about big picture before we do Old Testament mm-hmm. history, we're gonna look at world history a timeline put that together very quickly. We're going to say creation, about 4,000 B.C., okay. uh, 6,000 years ago. We'll get back to that very briefly. Maybe a flood, 2400 B.C. or so. Mm-hmm. Then we have Christ at the year zero. We know there's no year zero, right. just right. kind of figuratively speaking about then. Mm-hmm. And then modern times, computer era, 2000. Old Testament written about 1500 to 400 B.C., New Testament written about 40 to 100 A.D okay everything that's ever happened it's got to fit on the timeline somewhere right so that is just the big picture and since we're talking about this normally i cover this in two parts mm-hmm. covered 4,000 years of history in a very short period of time yes. we're going to do both of these parts here we're going to look at this first part from creation up to about 2000 bc stretch out our timeline okay. to go from creation up to 2000 bc mm-hmm. first thing we'll comment very very briefly on is the beginning of everything people wonder about the Big Bang. It's like, wait a minute, how could it be 6,000 years, we got the Big Bang? Mm-hmm. The Big Bang is really not the great scientific model that we think it is. Yeah, does not fit in with Scripture either for many, many reasons, so we're going to discard with that okay. temporarily here. So the first thing we have would be the six days of creation. Mm-hmm. God says He created everything in six days, and one thing that comes up related to that Dinosaurs. Where would the dinosaurs been yeah. in? Yeah. Scripturally speaking, God says He created the land, creatures, and man on day six. Yeah. <laughs> it would have put them together at the same time. So yes, they were created on the same day and lived together up to the time of the flood and some other details in that. Hitting the highlights, six days of creation. That's obviously the first thing that happens. We'll put that back on our timeline. We're building mm-hmm. this as we go through here. Okay. After creation, first real significant thing there is the fall of mankind, Adam Ooh, and Eve yes. sin. People wonder, when did that happen? Some people say, well, maybe they were in the garden for millions and millions of years so you can have an old earth and still have scripture and all that. Mm -hmm. The Bible doesn't say exactly when they sinned, but we can piece it together. They were commanded to be fruitful and multiply while they were in the garden. But they didn't have any kids while they were in the garden. Uh-huh. If they had been there for years or hundreds of years, thousands or millions of years, they would have actually been disobeying God by doing that. Well, we know that didn't happen. Way before the initial, right. yes. So most likely they send days or weeks after the creation account and then were kicked out shortly after that. So we don't know exactly when, but probably very shortly after the creation week. Okay. We throw that back on our timeline way back at the beginning. Yes. We're not going to go through each of the scriptures. We wouldn't have time, but Genesis 315, first prophecy in the Bible talks about the solution. God says, okay, you messed up. I'm going to send my son to die on a cross so the viewers can check that out mm-hmm. on their own time. And we got Cain and Abel. Okay. Adam and Eve have two boys, Cain and Abel. Cain kills Abel. It shows us how serious sin can get in a very short period of time. The first two kids, one kills the other one. <sharp inhale> That's about as serious as you can get. Absolutely. That's also back at the very beginning okay. of everything. Then we fast forward to the flood. We don't have a lot of detail between that time Cain and Abel and then the flood. And this is what the Bible has to say, Genesis 6, 5 through 8. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, so that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Goes on to say this. So the Lord said, I will wipe out mankind from the face of the earth. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So sin gets in there right away in the garden. It gets mm-hmm. so bad that at this point God says, you know what, I'm almost sorry that I even did this. Uh I'm going to wipe them out, but God spares no one, his wife, three sons, and their three wives, and that's the flood.
2: You're listening to Wonders Without Number with David Reeves. The message presented today was filmed in studio at David Reeves Ministries' Wonders of Creation Center and is available in video format with powerful accompanying visuals. Subscribe to our Genesis Plus Package online to get instant access to the video format of this message and hundreds of others right on your computer or mobile device. If you are encouraged by this message and would like to be a part of sharing this information with millions across the globe, we would love to hear from you. Give us a call at 931-212-7990. Or write us at David Reeves Ministries, Post Office Box 2824, Lewisburg, Tennessee, 37091. Visit our website, davidreeves.com today. That's davidrives.com. And now, back to Wonders Without Number with David Reeves
1: so much evidence so we're just going to say there really was a flood a lot of evidence for it we're going to say roughly 2400 bc put an f there for flood 1656 years after creation rounding things off 2400 bc we've got a flood so things get so bad god sends that worldwide flood okay and then after that we have a question of the ice age yeah people wonder about that is that like an evolutionary concept that Mm -hmm. we should reject because the bible they don't think even talks about it well Secular geologists have a hard time explaining an ice age. You can't get an ice age just by cooling the Earth slowly over hundreds or millions of years. That's not going to produce an ice age. The flood, turns out, provides the perfect conditions to create an ice age. So we believe the ice age was actually triggered by the flood and lasted perhaps 700 years or so based on rates of how long it takes for the oceans to cool back down. Okay. So there was really an ice age. It doesn't mean the whole Earth is covered with ice like an ice cube. Uh, yeah caps about 30 percent of the earth was covered with ice so that would have been triggered by the flood and lasted let's say roughly 700 years.
0: And you can look at the boulder scratches uh, on these rocks to show that it looks like there have been glaciers in many areas that it's it's yeah. not I'm from snowy Wisconsin today. We
1: have a lot of <laughs> physical formations kettles and marines and all that there was there were glaciers that came through that area
0: But you're saying that the catastrophe of the flood actually helped create the conditions for yeah, the
1: warmer ice oceans day. and a lot of precipitation because of that. Again, we go into more detail in some of our other talks, but uh, a lot of physical evidences that it happened, and the Bible creates a scenario where it could happen.
0: Okay, creation. Uh, Adam and Eve, they sinned. They messed up. Cain and Abel, right after that, it's like, okay, murder is committed, and then by the time of the flood, things are getting really, really bad. Wickedness has filled the earth. He says, I'm going to judge mankind, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Made it past off of the ark, there was an ice age probably sometime shortly
1: thereafter. Sure, Okay. and during that period, we have the Tower of Babel. Interesting occurrence there. Again, we're not going to read through the passage, but Genesis 11:4 talks about that. They're coming off the ark. Mm-hmm. God commands them to be fruitful and multiply. The rest of the earth is empty, uh-huh. got to spread out. He knows they're going to get in trouble if they don't. And what happens? They rebel. So We're not going to do it. We're going to stay right here. Yeah. So they stay there to build this tower up to the heavens, worshiping a false god. God says, sorry, can't let that happen. Yeah. He confuses their language Mm -hmm. and forces them to spread out, which is what he wanted to begin with. Exactly. So we're going to put the Tower of Babel, we don't know exactly when it happened, a few hundred years after the flood, again, during the ice age is still going on, but where they were living, it's not like there was ice right there. They're probably oblivious to the fact that there's, quote, ice age. Mm -hmm. That leads to the question of the origin of the races, which we're not going to answer that in detail, other than to say the Tower of (laughs) Babel, the forcing spreading out of the people there really contributes to the origin of the quote, races that we have here. There's genetics going on, and also the physical distribution of people on the earth. So we would put that right around that time when people are forced to spread out of the earth.
0: At the time of the Tower of Babel,
1: okay. That's part one, we went through pretty fast. There aren't a lot of major events, just a few things. Brings us to part two, which we're going to be more familiar with. A lot more detail going on there. So we're going to stretch out our timeline again. Okay. Now we're going 2000 BC up to the time of Christ. We looked
0: at the first 2000 years. Now we're looking at the
1: next. Yeah, Okay. more going on. This is going to get a little bit busier. (laughs) All right. So we got the call of Abram. So those people did spread out all over the earth. Mm -hmm. So you kind of got random people just living everywhere. But God still has His plan. He's going to send his son to die on a cross. He's going to choose a group of people to do that. And he does that with Abram, whose name was later changed to Abraham. Mm-hmm. So you do have a physical distribution of people spreading out. So they're all over, and out of all those people, God says, Abraham, you're, you're my guy. Genesis 12:1 through 3, the Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your people and your father's household, and go to the land which I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. Mm-hmm. So God says, Abram, you're my man. Through you, the Messiah is going to come. Wow. So we have the call of Abraham. He was living in the land of Ur, which is where Iraq Mm -hmm. is. Asked to go over to this promised land area of Canaan, where Israel is. You've been there. Mm -hmm. Um, That's his journey, and that's about 1921 BC. So we're going to put A for Abraham on our timeline. Just after 2000 BC, God calls him out. Related to that, if the world's going to be blessed through his offspring, he's got to have kids. Yeah. But again, we know the individual stories. He's kind of old. He's 85 years old. Mm. God says this is going to happen. He's pretty old. His wife, Sarai, was 76 when they Mm -hmm. had this call, so he's got a better idea. I know what God wants. We're too old, Uh Um, I'm gonna help God out. (laughs) So he ends up having a child through his wife's handmaiden, Hagar, Mm -hmm. and that was culturally acceptable back then. It wasn't part of God's economy, but culturally, if you didn't have kids, it's very important you could do that. So he ends up having a son, Ishmael, through his wife's handmaiden, Mm -hmm. while then about 14 years later, God says, "No." You, I meant you, right. so he's 99 now. Sarah's 90. Uh-huh. Uh, she does get pregnant. She's 91 when Isaac is born, and that's the promised son that God was referring to. Okay. Related to that, we've got this conflict going on, you may have noticed, uh, yes. the Israelites and the Arabs. You go up and you ask people, there's all this fighting going on in the Middle East all the time. How do they get started? Mm-hmm. People generally say, I don't know. They just—they've mm-hmm. been fighting forever. Mm-hmm. This goes back to, to this era that we're talking about, and we won't read through this. But Galatians four twenty-two through thirty-one depicts this whole thing, and this is what started a lot of what we're seeing today. So the Bible explains that when we get the big picture. Yes. When we think of Israel. We think of a nation, which is true, but it's really this. Jacob's name was changed to Israel. Yes. So when we think of Israel, we can think of the nation, but think of a guy. Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, and he had 12 sons.
0: And a people, that's right, that came after him.
1: Yeah. yeah. So here are his 12 sons, and we've got two in particular that are a little bit more common and well known. Judah is the one that God chooses to work through for the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the lion of Judah. Mm-hmm. That name comes from Joseph. Okay. We know his story, so yeah. we'll take a look at that. His other brothers were very jealous of him, wanted to kill him, but they said, I ah, probably shouldn't do that. Let's get rid of them. We'll sell them to some slave traders. Mm -hmm. They do that. He heads off to Egypt and then he uh, rises to second in power, only under Pharaoh over over all Egypt. So that's going on. And so we're going to put that on our timeline, J for Joseph here, about 1740 B.C. Okay. That leads us to something else. It's interesting, the slavery in Egypt. I talk to people say, you know, those Israelites, they were slaves in Egypt for a long time, weren't they? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that happened. I don't know, they, just, they were just there. Well, again, we need to understand the big picture. Yep. So Joseph is sold into slavery, rises into second power in Egypt. There's a famine in the land. Mm-hmm. Everybody's coming to Egypt for food. So That's Joseph's right. brothers come to Egypt, look for food. Joseph is in charge, they don't recognize him. We know the story there, he says, hey guys, don't worry to me, Joseph, mm-hmm. um, you meant it for evil sending me here, but God meant it for good. He sent me out of here to prepare a place. And then Pharaoh says, hey, bring your whole family here. Bring Mm -hmm. them there for food. They give them a great spot of land. Everything's going well for the Hebrews, the Israelites. Then there's a new sheriff in town Uh later, a different (laughs) Pharaoh, who didn't really know or respect Joseph, Exodus Mm -hmm. 1, 8 through 10. Then a new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came into power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become far too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them, or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us and leave the country. Yeah. So the new pharaoh says, Who are all these people? Uh-huh. What's going on there? We need to do something so they don't fight against us. So he moves them into slavery. That's how the Israelites, the Jews, become slaves in yes. Egypt. And so we're going to put that slavery period back in our timeline, starting about 1740 BC after Joseph here. Okay. And then we have the story of their salvation out of Egypt, and we know how God raises up Charlton Heston and (laughs) Moses. Uh, And we know about this because we've seen the Ten Commandments movie. Right. Which That was fairly accurate, which (laughs) was good, but we need to be careful that we learn from Scripture itself and not just watching videos all the time. But God raises up Moses. He's actually raised in Pharaoh's household by Pharaoh's daughter there, Uh becomes like a son of Pharaoh. And then he ends up killing an Egyptian because that Egyptian was beating a Hebrew slave. Mm -hmm. He flees to the wilderness to get away from that. He's out there 40 years. God has him tending obstinate sheep because mm-hmm. he's going to go back and tend the obstinate Israelites so who's preparing yeah. him for 40 years. God calls him through a burning bush, okay. says, hey, Mo, yep. get back to <laughs> Egypt. <laughs> Tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Moses goes back with his brother Aaron and says, Pharaoh, you need to let these people go. We know what happens there. Pharaoh hardens his heart, and It's just not going to happen. Okay. So we go through a series of 10 plagues where God can, is kind of working in Pharaoh's life, and we know. He's obstinate, he's not going to listen, so these are some of the plagues. And the last many of them, yes. Oh, yeah, everyone. last of which was the death of the firstborn in Egypt there. Pharaoh loses his own firstborn son, mm-hmm. which finally somewhat breaks him. Yeah. says, okay, just get out of here. Right. So they're released to leave Egypt finally. We know what happens. They come up to the Red Sea and Pharaoh changes his mind, comes after them, and they're like, why did you lead us out here to die? We should have just uh-huh. stayed in Egypt. God graciously allows Moses to park the Red Sea. They move across, Pharaoh's army moves in, and God brings the waters back. The yes. entire army drowns. Okay. Then they move across, and while they're out there, Moses goes up to Mount Sinai, and God gives him the Ten Commandments to rule over his people, mm-hmm. and we know what happens there. They end up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. Yeah. It was a week and a half journey from where they were in Egypt to the Promised Land. Could have been there 11 <laughs> days later, but their GPS was broken. <laughs> uh, well, we know what happened. They were supposed to go into the land, take it over, but 10 of the 12 spies came back oh, and said, we, oh. we can't do this, there are giants in the land. And, uh, but they decided to move in. Joshua and Caleb said, we can do this. Yeah. So, but as a punishment, God had him wandering in wilderness for 40 years. So everyone 20 years older died, only the younger we were allowed to go in with Joshua and Caleb. Mm-hmm. So we've got that period where Moses leads him out of Egypt, 1491 BC, okay. entering into that promised land. We've got Joshua and Caleb leaving him in there. Moses wasn't allowed to go in because of his sin. So they move him into this land about 1451 BC, entering PL, the, promised, the promised land. land. Okay. While they're in the promised land, a few things are going on of the battle of Jericho, the land was not empty. Mm -hmm. People living there, it was time for judgment. They were vile people Mm -hmm. sacrificing their children to the sun god Ra. So God says, time's up, you've had plenty of time to repent, you didn't. God allows the Israelites to come in as judgment. That was the first battle they fought. They enter into a period of judges where God rules them through judges He had raised up like Gideon and Samson. Mm -hmm. Then they enter some cycles of disobedience where they get away from God. God brings an outside nation in to oppress them. Mm-hmm. Then they say, oh, we're so sorry, they repent. God uh-huh. delivers them. And then a few years later, back to the same thing. Right situation. back, and, and we probably yeah. do the same thing today, exactly. We're sorry, God, I'll never do that again. God's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, but he's gracious. Uh-huh. Then they start whining. They were ruled by God, but they said, we want a king. Mm-hmm. Everyone else around has got a king to fight for them and all that, and God says, trust me, you don't want it. So, yes, we do. God says, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. That's okay, we still want it. So they move from theocracy to monarchy, Okay, ruled by a local king, which goes south pretty fast mm-hmm. so we move into the period of the first three kings saul becomes yep. king for 40 years started out kind of strong strong military leader Goes go south fast god takes the kingdom away from his lineage and gives it to king david, david. David reigns for 40 years, starts out strong, has <laughs> some <laughs> hiccups along the way, yeah. big time, but he's a man after God's own heart. Mm-hmm. God restores him, keeps the lineage in his, his line, his son Solomon, his son then Solomon. reigns for 40 years, starts out strong, wants wisdom, yeah. messes up, yep. God's patient. Uh, David wanted to build the temple, but God says, no, I'm not gonna let that happen because of your sins, but he let Solomon build it. And then something very significant happens. We got the period of those three kings during here 1095 to 975 BC. Okay, okay. 975, something huge happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had the 12 tribes of Israel all united as a nation. Because of the sins of Solomon, God allowed that nation to be divided, but he said, because of the res- my respect for your father, King David, I'm not gonna let it happen during your reign, but as soon as you're done, the yeah. kingdom's being split. So we have the split of this kingdom into two tribes, We are two factions, 10 tribes go north, they retain the name Israel. Mm-hmm. Two tribes, Benjamin and Judah. Go south. Go south. So geographically, this is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And we look at the northern tribe lasted for 250 years. And 19 kings, all of them are bad. Yeah. Capital Samaria. Southern kingdom, we have lasted for 400 years. 19 kings, some good, some bad. And then the Queen Athaliah, pretty bad. Yeah. Capital in Jerusalem. So that's just kind of the split here. So we've got the divided kingdom during this period. Okay. And then we have the fall of this northern kingdom, the 10 tribes taken into captivity in Assyria, in 721 B.C. Mm-hmm. Southern Kingdom falls to Babylon in 586 B.C. That's when Daniel and got Daniel and lines then and all that okay. during that period. So we have the fall of those two kingdoms, northern and southern kingdom. We're coming towards the end here. Then we have the return to Jerusalem. Ten tribes, when they get let go, some stay there, mostly scattered. They never mm-hmm. came back together as a nation. Southern two tribes, some stay there in Babylon, some scatter, a remnant returns to returns. Jerusalem okay. to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem and the temple. So they could go in three waves between 538 and 432 BC. Mm-hmm. Last thing we have is 400 years of silence. Oh yeah. God is not speaking to them through prophets anymore <laughs> for a, a number of reasons. For about 400 years, this was predicted in Daniel 2, um, Babylonians fall to the Medo-Persians, Persians? Persians fall to the Greeks, Greeks there's a slight of independent period and then the Romans coming to rule and that's when Christ shows up, Romans are in charge. Okay, so bring it to a close here. We've gone
0: through all of this and that's brought us to the time of Christ. Mm -hmm. Let's look at big picture significance.
1: Big picture significance is that when we want to witness to people and share our faith in Jesus Christ, we want to give them a little bit of background. Yeah, We have to go over every minute detail, but that God is the creator. We messed it up with our sin. It got so bad, God was gonna destroy the earth, but because of his mercy, he spared us and all his family. And then from that point on, God is playing out his plan to send his own son to die on a cross so that anyone who places their trust in Christ as their savior can have their sins forgiven and their relationship restored with their creator. That's why it's Jesus who did what he did and came when he did to do that because of the big picture.
0: Thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome. And we'll have to have My you pleasure. back on a future Thank episode. You. You know, what we read in the Old Testament directly relates to what we read in the New Testament. In fact, it's back in the Garden of Eden that we see the need for a savior. At the time of the flood, we see a global judgment, which is a pattern of the judgment to come. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but through the shed blood of our Messiah, Jesus Christ, we can be forgiven of our sins and we're offered eternal life with him. We're told that no one has even imagined the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Now, we hope that you've been encouraged and educated today, and we want to give you the tools that you need to boldly go forward and share what you've learned. Leave us questions and comments on our Facebook page, and give us a call to learn more. I'm David Reeves, and until next time, keep looking up. Truly, the heavens declare the glory of God. Hello, I'm David Reeves, host of the TV show Creation in the 21st Century on TVN. Each week we talk to some of the world's leading scientists, all showing how our Creator, the God of the Bible, has left a pattern of His fingerprints throughout the universe. Engage with other like-minded believers through the Creation Club, a place for Biblical creationists to share and learn. This fast-growing website offers over a thousand articles written by authors from many different backgrounds already encompassing six different languages. Combating the unproven theories of evolution, our 24-7 TV network reaches millions of people with biblical truth. Genesis Science Network broadcasts globally over the Internet, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, mobile devices and more. It's a new Christian alternative to the evolutionary programming so prevalent on TV today. Be sure to sign up for our email updates and like us on Facebook for weekly inspiration and education regarding science and the Bible. Talk to your pastor about
1: sponsoring one of our live events in your church, or community.